plenty for everyone, and uh, we're going to sit down and eat together, and it's going to be great. And I wanted today uh, to let, I will ask Pastor Harvey, Pastor Harvey, would you come on up and uh, take the mic? Hey, Jim Davis, I see you sitting there, hi, buddy. Um, Harvey's going to talk, and uh, then after him, Tim, and then after him, me, and about 1.30, we should be eating. Kidding. I'm kidding, right, Harvey? Yeah, he told me I only had a few minutes. So uh, I'll try to keep it short. You, you guys, all, most of you know that we, a, a te- our team, just got back from an amazing trip in Guatemala. You know, we go every year, and we saw amazing things. It's amazing when you, we go up into the villages of the Mayan Indians in uh, we were gone nine days, but it was seven days of ministry. In seven days, we had nine healing services, three children's ministries, and a pastor's luncheon. You know, that's a lot, but the amazing, we got to see God touch so many people. And we could tell you testimonies all day about what we saw God happen. We saw blind people. We saw deaf people healed. People that couldn't walk, couldn't walk very well, get up and walk. Tumors disappearing. And I'll tell you a, a few. We saw people get saved and dedicate their lives. A lot of people got set free. And folks, we want to thank every one of you in this room and people online because every one of you pay a very important part of what we saw happen. Because you're Grace Church. You're who we are. And we just take who you are and go and touch people. Everywhere we go, you know, you say, how can I help? Because God is in you. God is in you. Your faith and the love that you share, we take with us. And it's because of your guys, your prayers, your finances, your support. So I want to, we, our team wants to thank every one of you because what we see God do was because of you guys. We have, every one of you have such an important part to play. Now there was four of us from our, our church went. We had two more. Folks, we needed more people. So next trip, more of you need to go. Because we had to pray for a lot of people. So would the team stand up? Pat, Kay, Jimmy. Come on, Jimmy, stand up. Give these guys a hand. I tell you, you guys can sit down. You guys need to really be proud of these guys. You know, they, what they did is amazing. Amazing everywhere they went because they took who we are with them and saw God do amazing things. So I'm proud of every one of them, and I thank you guys for going and for what we saw through you. Now, I'm going to tell just a few testimonies. I'm going to tell one from each one of them. We, we all saw many. Pat, one of his favorite testimonies, this young man Hadn't hardly walked in 15 years, and he, he walked. Also, he couldn't hardly hear, and they prayed for him, and he could hear. Now, now you imagine 15 years, and now he can walk pretty normal. He is going to walk totally normal. 
And then for Kay, one that touched her, this family came up, and they just wanted peace. They didn't have peace in their lives. And as her team prayed, as they looked at their faces, they saw something was happening to those people. And they left with peace. Folks, that's, you know, to some people, that's just as much as a big healing because that is a healing. Now, one for Jimmy. We had a driver that was with us all the time. He drove us, really a nice guy about this tall. He, he's, <laughs> but he was really a super guy. And uh, Jimmy and a team went to his, in, in the main village we stayed in, went to his home. And his sister had some type of brain disease or injury. And they had taken, very few go to the doctor, but they had taken her to a doctor, and she needed a major surgery. But because of her faith, she said, I trust God will heal me. And as they prayed for her, you know, when you see, hear someone that's really like that, but they're going to trust in God. Folks, that's the kind of faith we all should have. As they prayed for her, Jimmy saw a white field and then he saw a white tree, and he knew it was her faith in the presence of God. So that woman is going to be healed. You know, I can tell you many, one of my favorites, a, a mother brought her little girl up, 10, 11, 12 years old, had two tumors right here, large tumors, no doctor, and it was, she couldn't hardly swallow. As we prayed, we got to see it disappear. And that mother liked the way I thought she was going to kill me. She was hugging me so much. And that little girl felt of her throat, and she just shocked on her face. And then I thought she was going to choke me to death. But, folks, that, there's nothing like seeing something like that happen in someone's lives. You see, that was our 13th trip. We've been 13 times. This missionary, Tony and Carrie Taylor, they uh, met in, in college at Christ for the Nations, and both of them's vision was the Mayan Indians in Guatemala. So they got married. They went there for years. They preached the gospel. Couldn't hardly touch anybody. You see, they have their own religion. You know, it's the Mayan religion, so they didn't want to hear the gospel. And so it was hard, hard for them. And then... Someone told him about us, and, and we started going, and everything has changed. You see, Tony sent me a long text after we got back, and in it he says, when, we, when they first went there, they knew the hardest thing they were going to have was to break religion. See, the Mayan religion controls everything. Everything you do, how you act, and they knew they had, to, which was a big battle. But our teams in 13 years has begun to totally change that. Along with Tony and Carrie, we've totally changed it because we came with the power of God and see miracle after miracle. And he, he's, he told me also, he said, you know, last year a team from another church, a pastor and some of the team went with us and they wanted to see, and they were ministering with us. And what they were amazed at, all we did was say a short prayer, and almost everyone is instantly healed. They just couldn't believe it. 
We'd say, be healed. They were healed. It taught them something. It taught them something. And they hunger for it. It began to change their life. You see, they think you have to pray day after day after day for something to happen. But they begin to realize when they have the faith, then God can move very quickly. You see, there was very few churches when we started going. And the difference our churches made down there with Tony and Carrie and their family, you know, their little boys now, they're, they were like this when we first come. Now they're like this, but they're translating and get to see many miracles. What has happened, people realize there's so much more than just religion. You know, he, he says that our humility, our kindness and love we bring in the power of God makes those Indians realize there's something much more. And they hunger for God. Every, there was, there's close to uh, 200 villages, very religious. At first, nobody come. Now, every one of them's begging to bring our team to their village. Folks, our, all of you guys and us, we're making a tremendous difference because of who we are. Folks, every one of you play an important part. And I thank you for the team members. I'm proud of every one of them guys. I love them. I appreciate them, but I appreciate you too. Because every one of you plays such an important part in what we see God do. And we're making a difference. And uh, we'll have a trip report in a week or two where you can see a lot of pictures and a lot of miracles. And we'll, I'll put them out there. And share them with you guys where y'all can see a lot more. But Alan told me I couldn't give a hundred testimonies. So I guess I'll let Tim come speak now. <laughs> Amen. You know that um, when Moses went on top of the mountain and he came down from the mountain, his head would shine, right? Well, Harvey's pocket shined. I mean... He didn't make it all the way to his head. It just, oh, that was his phone. Never mind. I thought we had actually saw a miracle in there. Um, you know, and speaking of a miracle, it was a miracle that we survived without Miss Kay at our house. We actually just typed in 10 best crock pot recipes. And um, they weren't as easy as they say they are. I'm telling you, we, we burnt the chicken a few times. And then somebody said, hey, maybe you need to get a smart plug that you can make it come on and off. And I'm like, what? You, and so after we figured this out, she came home, so we're, we'll be ready when she leaves in January this time. But what, what Harvey's talking about is what it talks about in 1 Corinthians 12, and I want to read it to you. Just as the human body is one, though it has many parts that together form one body, so too is Christ. For by one spirit we were immersed and mingled into one single body, and no matter what your status, whether you're Jew or non-Jew, whether you stay home or whether you don't stay home, whether you go on a mission trip or you don't go on a mission trip, whether you preach or whether you worship or whether you lead a small group or whether you clean the toilets or whether you serve as an usher, it's all one body. So if Harvey's team healed, then we healed. If 
David Hogan raised the dead, then the body of Christ raised the dead. So we, I don't think we have to earn, we, I don't have to work myself up to have a glow in my pocket and I can bring miracles to people. Maybe that's not my part, right? My part may be the foot and may, maybe my, my part is just to evangelize people and maybe I'm never gonna work myself up to the place where I become the hand that heals somebody or, or maybe I'm the mouthpiece and maybe I'm, and so instead of trying to work our way into these positions or places of favor with God, that maybe if I, if I spend enough time with God and I become holy enough and I don't smoke any cigarettes and I don't look at girls and I don't think like that, then I'm going to heal somebody too. Now listen, the body of Christ is the body of Christ. We're one. So if the body heals, we heal. If the body raises from the dead, we raise from the dead. If the body cleaned the toilet, then we clean. So, so wouldn't it be crazy if we could actually look at each other that way? That we could honor and we could respect and we could give that to every single person. But we, sometimes in church we've learned that we, we give more favor to those who perform miracles or those who can see visions or those who can preach or those who can sing or those who can, I, I just happen to be able to do all those. Just kidding. Um, but in it, we do that. We give more verses saying, hey, listen, every single person. Not one person. The, the Bible goes on to say, it doesn't matter if you're the foot or the toe or even the part that's not even, you don't even want to talk about. It's important as the part of the body of Christ. And so could we think like that? And I think the, the wild part about it, we, we went to the men's camp out and uh, we, had, we had 29 guys that went to the men's camp out. Phenomenal camp out because I think what we're beginning to realize is we're one. And I realized when, when the disciples, when, when Jesus prayed this, he said, hey, listen, Father, I pray that they would become one, not just here at Grace Fellowship. That means they would become one with First Baptist, and they would become one with the Methodist Church, and they would become one with the Pentecostal Church, and they would become one. I pray that they would become one that they would see themselves at one, they would honor, respect, and give that to each and every person, no matter who they are, in the same way that you and I are one. And when that happens, the world will know. He thought it was so important that we would do that. So that means that if we're one, and I don't like you, and I, I talk bad about you, then I'm cutting off my own body. And so maybe we've done more damage to the body. The body's done more damage to the body than the enemy's done to the, the damage to the body. And maybe we've just blamed it on the enemy and not realizing that we've actually been doing it ourselves. Instead of, wow, Lord, let me see them the way you see them. And you made them just the way you wanted them to be. And I don't need to manipulate them or change them so they could fit into my world. But I can accept them for who you made them to be. And I can love that. Instead of me having to try to change them, right? Because I know what's best for you. So I'm going to manipulate you into the place where it's best that you serve right or you do right. Instead of going, oh, God, I believe. I believe in them. And I want to honor. And I want to respect. And I think this is like... Rick said, who's one of the elders, I think this is the beginning, even today, of us learning how to honor each other. Not on a special day, but every day. 
And I don't, and I, and I, I don't think that, I think we've tried this. We, we need to learn how to love. I don't think love is a learned thing. I think when I see you as just exactly the way the God of the universe wanted to make you, and I can honor that, then love is a byproduct of me seeing you the way who you really are. Instead of me trying to change you to become something that I want you to do, and then I have to make myself love you. And I think, I think we're on this. And so the men's, the, the men's camp out was something like that. We just joined together. And even at night, we had these devotionals where we talked about what would it be like if we just became one? What would it look like if we honored and respected and lifted up each other in that way and threw off all those other things that we used to do? Right? And I think that we got a world full of byproducts of us trying to do things instead of learning to be one. And so when we have to learn to be one, when, when, I mean, when we have these byproducts, we have these strange things like our kids don't treat each other right. Well, they don't treat each other right because we don't treat each other right yet. We, we don't know how to do it yet. We're, we're learning how to do it. Now, now I want to learn. So now I'm saying, Lord, teach me how to honor who you made this person to be and let me see them the way you made them, not the way they're acting or not the what's coming out of their mouth, but out of the way you did it. And so the men's camp out, we did that and I think it was an extremely, it was a good time. And, and I think we're gonna continue to do things. We're gonna do another one in April um, where we can bring guys back together, do devotionals in the afternoons, worship. There was three different churches that were represented there at the men's camp out, which was incredible. We acted as one, even though there's three, and I think that we're just going to continue to see those things happening. I think that we're, that's where God's taken us. He's taken us into this place where the body of Christ, I don't care if you're at Grace Fellowship or if you're at the Baptist Church or wherever you're at, you're one with each other. So if Harvey's team prayed and somebody was healed, you healed the sick. If Tim evangelized three lost people, you evangelized. If you do your part, and I think that's why it's so important that all of us, whether you're a business owner and you're supposed to make money or whether whatever you do, I think we do it well and we bring it together and we treat everybody as one. Amen? Amen. Amen. Pastor Allen. Okay, so y'all good? Uh, we turned the tables a little bit, but I think... Uh, the pastor appreciation is a big thing. Uh, thank you guys. Uh, and I think the potluck was a great idea because that lets us get to visit with uh, you guys and uh, not be separated from you. And that's a big deal. And you know, it's not just a, when you think of pastor's appreciation, uh, I know that's what it is, but uh, I want to take a little advantage of these just a few minutes here. Because, you know, it's also pastors and their spouses and their families. Yeah. When I look at uh, this thing and what, what's been going on, when I look at pastors and, and just in general and the pastors here and, and everywhere else, you know, pastors are, are there that uh, they sacrifice, they serve, they give. They, they're there for your weddings, they're there for your funerals, they're there for your births, they're there for your breaks, whenever you're, everything, right? They're there for your divorces. Pastors give and give and give and give and they, love, they serve and, they, and uh, 
it's just a part of being a pastor. I think that God created pastors that way. They just serve. And when I look through the years, and I think about the pastors here at Grace. Grace has been here for almost 30 years um, total. We changed name a couple of times, but it was still just us. And uh, in, in that time period, we've had uh, six pastors. You know, the three, Pastor Harvey, Pastor Tim, and myself, who've been here We've been together for, we're still here. Uh, we had Jackie Rutherford. He was a pastor here at Grace and uh, for a few years. And then we had Melissa Young and Denise Wyatt. And every pastor that's ever been at Grace, I've sat back and watched them sacrifice time. I've watched them sacrifice their hearts. I've watched them answer the phone and go to birthday parties and and give up time, their own time and their own family's time. I've seen the sacrifices they've made. And uh, all the pastors, the six pastors that I know that have been here all this time. And uh, that's just, uh, that's common. It's uh, who they are. And I think we've been very blessed to have good pastors here at Grace. And uh, then, of course, then you've got me and Harvey and Tim. Twenty years we've been together, plus twenty years plus, and I want to tell you, I'm hard to live with. And you know, and in that twenty years, in watching this, do you know what I've seen? Uh, because you know what we we uh, talk about, and it's sort of a little hard for me being one of them. But uh, all the problems you have, we have. I've been. Uh, Try not to be emotional because it's emotional stuff. I've been with them when they've lost parents. And they've been with me when I've lost parents. When we've lost brothers, sisters. When we've been broken. When we've had financial ruin. Everything that happens in the world happens to your pastors. At the same time, it's happening to you. And I've watched them, Harvey and Tim, serve and give and uh, to this very day, you know. I mean, Harvey's 84 years old. He can barely get up those stairs, but he still does it. I mean, and he told me he was, he told me that, you know, Jimmy was there and helped Kay get up and down this ridiculous, muddy, look like a cliff that was a road. And, uh, and really, he was there to help Harvey, but we don't want Harvey to know. <laughs> you know, Kay was helping Harvey too. But, you know, it's like, it's that deal. It's like when they could, should be home with their parents and their family, they're taking phone calls from us. Right? And uh, in my life, we've been together for a long time. And I'm like, uh, we've done everything together in that 20 plus years. Um, and... <laughs> I like to whistle. Uh, I wrote some of this down because I know I wouldn't get it, do it very well. You know, the list of what you guys have experienced in the last 20 years that we've been together, that we've gone through with you and with a thousand other people, right? It's like even when you're tired, you cook a meal. I've seen our small groups and our ministry teams do this over and over again. You know, every time we have a funeral, you know the funeral, funeral ministry team and other people, all of you, you stop what you're doing and minister to people. And a lot of times it's strangers. 
people we don't know. They're not family. They don't give to support the building or what we do here. But you know what? I see you guys dig deep and support them. I see you smile and pray for people. And when it's not easy, it's hard. And uh, it's, a, it's a huge thing. And I, and I look at this deal. Um, how come uh, Harvey and Tim and me and our spouses, we're still in this after 20 years? And it's been uh, lots and lots of difficulty. Because I, I just want you to know, uh, they're... Harvey and Catherine and Tim and Kay, y'all are a blessing to me. <laughs> okay, y'all, right? You're a gift to me. That's what I was thinking. I don't know that I could have made it the last 20 years without you guys. And uh, some things have been really, really hard. So how were we able to stay together this long? How were they able to put up with me? Because sometimes... Very, very rarely, I'm not easy to get along with, or I'm the hurting one, right? Or I'm the one that's needy, you know, and so they've been there. But in 2 Corinthians, uh, there's a passage there that God told, was put in my heart for today, and uh it's funny, the passage starts out in 2 Corinthians 5, 14. It starts out, for the love of Christ controls us. You know, that's where your love comes from. That's why when your friend's hurting or when a stranger needs something, or you're, we're looking at decades from now. I'm thinking the babiest baby we have in this room, I'm planning on their children. And we're planting a harvest. We're planting crops now that they're going to harvest 30 years from now. Well, what do you mean? You're sacrificing for someone you may not ever see? Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. And it's worth every moment and every penny. And so everything you've given, you know, the people, I'm going to tell you, going to mission trips, uh, it blesses the people there. Harvey tried to express it. It's way bigger than he was able to express. But I'm going to tell you, every one of us that get to go, it changes our lives too. Like, doesn't it change your life when you get to serve and you get to help and you're there when somebody is drowning and you're able to throw them a line? You see, it's, it's a big deal. And then Paul said something. You know, Paul understood something deep, Right? When you read Paul's letters, you see a man who deeply loved, and he said, he wrote it down. These guys were my best friends, and they betrayed me. He hurt. He was beaten. He thought he wouldn't live. And, so, and you read those in his letters. And then he writes letters, and he says, you know, the truth is, it's, it's because you mean something to me. And I think every one of you, I know it's pastor appreciation uh, potluck but without you guys we wouldn't be here and I don't mean financially we all three could make it financially we wouldn't be who we are without you guys and and uh, I would be who I am without Tim and Harvey and the other pastors that served here at Grace with us they made a difference in my life now here's how Harvey and Tim were able to put up with me all these years uh, Paul says this Therefore, from now on, we recognize no one according to the flesh. 
even though we have known Christ according to the flesh. You say, Paul, he saw who Jesus was before he, his eyes were opened, before that, road, that day on the road to Emmaus. Paul knew who Jesus was, and he judged Jesus by his outward circumstances. He's not the Messiah. He's destroying our Jewish religion. He's a devil. And anyone who's following him is a devil. And Paul saw Jesus according to his understanding. And he hated him. He hated him. And you know, you can look at the people sitting next to you and see them by, the, your, by what you see. But then there's, a, there's something happened to Paul. And he met Jesus one day. And his eyes were opened. And he said that in this letter in 2 Corinthians 5, 16. From now on, we recognize no one according to the flesh, even though we have known Christ according to the flesh. And then Paul said this, yet now we know him in this way no longer. You see, the truth is, who you were created to be, who you really are, you can't see that with naked eyes. You can only see that in the Spirit. And Paul said, now I see Jesus for who he is, and I love him. And he said that. Guess what? Paul said, I don't see anybody by the flesh anymore. I see you as who you are and who, who the Spirit of God is inside of your flesh. You see, Paul, there, Paul wrote that, that crazy statement. He said, Christ in you, the hope of glory. You see, it's Jesus in your flesh that brings light to the world. Not Jesus in your pocket, in your flesh, in your skin. He's, Jesus is at home inside of you. And there's, there's billions of yous in the world. And every one of us, you and me and every single one of us, were created for this revelation of Jesus to come out of us into the world. It's Christ in you, the hope of glory. And so whenever I look at you, I don't just see the facts. I see who Jesus is in you. And it's beautiful. And that's, it's like when you see a child, you see the potential that child can be. And you see, we don't ignore the facts. The facts are the facts. It's true. But I believe that as we've gone throughout this deal, when Paul finishes that letter, he says this in the next verse, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creature. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. I believe that one way that we've been able to make it for over 20 years, you know, that's a long time to live with a man. You women know what I'm talking about. Right? Pig-headed, stubborn, habitual. They do things the same over and over and over and over and over again. I could tell you what Harvey's going to say before he says it a week earlier. And I also know what Tim's going to say before he says it because I've been with him 20 years. And you know what? I, I'll let you in on a secret. There's a few things I do and a few things I am that irritates the fire out of Tim. Now, Harvey won't admit it, but they irritate him too. And that's one of the things I know about him. He's not going to admit it, but it's true. But do you know what? Maybe they've been able to see me as potential. As God takes over more and more of who I am, they see me that way. They, they call that out of me. Alan, you're really not short-tempered. 
You're, you're really not demanding. You're really not rude. You're really not hard. That's not who you are, Alan. That's not who you are. I'm like, yeah, but that's who people told me I was my whole life. No, you're not that. And the Spirit takes that spark of life and He starts burning inside of me and I become kinder and gentler and more um, something. <laughs> but what if you see me as God sees me forever? Then you know what? You'll be excited. Just like I love babies because I see the life inside of them that's there. Well, you know, it takes a little more faith for me to do that with uh, Chris Hoffman. Brian Wiley, they're just in a or David O'Neill, God love him, you know, or Amanda. Amanda, you're a girl and you're sitting on one of the quarters. You're right. It takes a whole lot more with an adult, right? But guys, I want to tell you, uh, I appreciate uh, our pastors and their spouses and their families as they sacrificed life. They sacrificed life to serve this, to serve with me in this body. And uh, it's been one of the greatest privileges of my life. I mean, it's been, uh, they've been with me for 20 years. And guys, I see more coming in the future than I see from in the past. I think that what God is doing here, what God's doing inside of you guys, it's a great honor and a privilege to, uh, you know, I love it. Because from now on, y'all think of it this way. Anytime I call something good out of you, it's because I'm seeing the bad that's actually on you right now. You know, if I tell you you're beautiful, you might need to go check the makeup. You know what I mean? Check your hair. So just realize I'm living in faith, Tommy. I'm living in faith that God's doing something in you. And you know what the end of this verse says? I love verse 18. Because he says, therefore, if anyone's in Christ, he's a new creation. You know what you're a new creation to do, what that means? You are perfectly fitted, created. You're the skin suit that Jesus wants to put on and stretch out in. That's what's new in you. And every one of us are that person. The future is better than the past. And then here's what Paul said, the last thing he says. Now all of these things are from God. Not us. It's Christ in me. That's the hope of glory, just like the Christ in Jesus. So what are we going to do? We're going to forgive each other. I'm going to, by faith, release you to be who God says you are, not who maybe you are or are acting like or who I see. I forgive you. I'm going to release you because I know that you're the perfect suit that Jesus Christ puts on in the world today. And he's, it brings glory and honor to God as we give ourselves to him. So he loves your skin. He's at home inside your skin more than you'll ever imagine. And by faith, I choose to believe that. You see, Jesus said this in John 3, 5. He said, truly, truly, I tell you, no one can enter the kingdom of God unless they are born of water and the Spirit. Jesus said, you have to be born in the flesh. And then there's another birth called the Spirit that comes into your flesh. The only people on earth that can carry the presence of God are people with, with skin. And while you're here on earth, until you go to heaven, you are the perfect habitation, the tabernacle of God. And when people look at you, they're looking at Jesus' face. Now, uh, some of us need to clean the makeup off so they can see him, but it, they, he's there. 
He's there. When I look at you, I see Jesus. And uh, he's beautiful. He's wonderful. And so are you guys. So uh, I really want to thank you for letting us pastor you and uh, being willing to be friends and uh, to let us serve you guys. And uh, it's a privilege and an honor. It really is. Uh, Harvey, thank you. Tim, thank you. <laughs> really. Um, and no one, I'm not, I'm not going to wax eloquent. No one can say how much families, the families give. A lot. A lot. In 20 years. If they only gave one day a year, that'd be like 20 days they gave. No, it's like seven days a week for 20 years. So God love you guys. So uh, we're going to go back now. Uh, I'm going to pray and bless the food. Dana Wessel. They're in the back. I wonder if they're ready. You think they're ready? Okay. So I'm going to pray and we're going to dismiss. And everybody who would love, wants to stay and eat. Uh, there's a lot of different really good homemade soups back there. And we would love for you to stay with us. So uh, let's all stand up and we'll pray. Jesus, we thank you for babies. <laughs> Amy, I'm always thanking God for babies. I didn't say your name. Amy's going to have a baby. <laughs> I didn't say that last week. I was a little... I got real awkward real quick because talking about babies makes me awkward. We have more babies coming. And usually here at Grace, they come in sevens. So six of you other girls may, no, actually I know two girls that are pregnant right now. Three. Okay, so we need four more. No hurry, no pressure. Yeah. Me and Keith are good though, right? Amen. So uh, Father, I thank you for babies. I thank you for life. I thank you for your life in us. And God, open our eyes. We want to be like Paul. God, we want to get knocked off our high horses and get blinded and get new eyes that we can see you and to see people and to see ourselves the way you see us, God. So God, we love you and we worship you and uh, we just thank you for today. Amen. So let's go eat soup. What?